this week's episode of the True Sleuth Podcast. We're going to review Big Question 001. We're going to explore our Bible verse of Romans 14, 7, and 8. We're going to check out an account of some bravery found in the Bible. And we're going to finish up the exciting story of Brother Andrew and find out what happens at his border crossing. All that and more this episode of the True Sleuth Podcast. Detectives, tiptoe, look high, look low, reach out, don't shout, look out and find, we search for the clues, God gives us the truth, because he loves me, because he loves you, detectives, this is episode tip-toe. 002, of the Truth Sleuth Podcast. I'm coming to you live from the heavily guarded, super secret Truth Sleuth headquarters. I'm your host, Mr. Forrest, joined as always by Miss Karen. Hey guys, so glad to have you with us this week. Let's pick up where we left off last week. Let's review our big question, 001. What is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong to God. One more time. This time, do it along with me. What is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong to God. Great work. Y'all are doing a great job learning that. And remember, be sure and bring your book with you on Wednesday so we can check off your sleuth points. So not only are we learning our big question, we also need to take a look at our big verse. And our verse for this week is Romans 14, 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Romans 14, 7, and 8. That verse is, it can be kind of confusing at first because it's talking about whether we live, whether we die, and that we belong to the Lord. But think back to last week. Remember when we talked about our big question and the idea that we couldn't save ourselves? Well, this week, if we think about that, remember, Jesus is the Savior He was the one that came to save us from our problem. Our problem was our sin. The Bible says that if we believe in Jesus, that he will be the Lord of our life. And that if we do that, he doesn't just make us his. He actually adopts us into his family. It says that we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. Then there's also a Bible verse that says we belong to Jesus and that we are in his hand and no one can ever take us away from him. That nothing can ever take us out of the hand of Jesus. So when we think about that and then we look at our Bible verse, it says, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, We are the Lord's. 
This is talking about the idea that if we are a member of God's family, if we've been adopted as a son or daughter of God himself, of Christ, then we belong to him no matter what. If we live our lives and we live to be like 110 years old and we're really, really old, then you know what? We'll still belong to God. We will be members of his family. Or if maybe we don't make it that long and we die much younger than that, we still belong to God because the Lord says that one day we will all pass away. And when that happens, that we will stand before God and God will say, yes, you're one of my people or no, you're not. Right. And so if we belong to God, when we get to heaven, we get to stay with him for eternity. And so that's what this Bible verse is talking about. That no matter what, if we live or we die, as long as we are one of God's children, that we will be with him forever. So whether we live or die, it doesn't really matter. That we should not be worried about exactly what happens in our life, because we should have the assurance of knowing that we belong to the Lord, which is really great news. That's why we talk about in the Bible, we call it the gospel. That's called the good news. This is the best news of all. That if we belong to God, we will always belong to God, and that we will be His children forever. All right, let's practice that verse one more time. Try and say it with me. Romans 14, 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Romans 14, 7 and 8. Now, I know I said that no matter what, if maybe our life wasn't going the way we wanted it to, maybe it looked scary, that we would still belong to the Lord. That's easier said than done. What if it was like a really scary situation? Does the Bible have any accounts of maybe people dealing with something like that that could help us understand how we should live? It sure does. And the story I'm about to tell you is precisely that. Today's story takes place at a time in history when the nation of Israel had been defeated by the Babylonians. The Babylonians decided to take some of the strongest, healthiest, handsomest young men of Israel back to Babylon to be... Don't worry, they haven't taken me. I know there was a little concern there. (laughs) They took some of the strongest, healthiest, handsomest young men of Israel back to Babylon to be trained to serve in the Babylonian palace. Among those young men were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Who? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Well, those were their names before they got to Babylon. Then the Babylonians gave them new names. They named them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Couldn't they have given them like easy names? Those aren't any easier than their other names. No, in fact, they might be even harder. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego served Babylon for a long time. And eventually the king, listen to this name, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed them to be in charge of many things in Babylon. While it seems like a good thing for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of so much, there was one big problem. Spelling? (laughs) Not quite. The Babylonians didn't worship the one true God. They worshiped many gods. And one day, 
King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue 90 feet tall. Whoa. 90 feet. Um, If my calculations are right, that's like 22 fourth graders stacked on top of each other. Yep, it sure is. It was really, really tall. He then sent for all the high officers of Babylon to come to the dedication of the statue. At the dedication, everyone was told that when the musical instruments played, they were to bow down to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. They were also told that anyone who didn't obey would be thrown into a blazing furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a hard decision to make. They knew they were supposed to only worship the one true God, but if they didn't worship this golden statue, they would be thrown into the fire to die. As the music played, all the people bowed to the ground and worshiped the statue. All the people except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to worship anyone or anything other than the one true God. Well, you can only imagine that King Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He called for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He told them he would give them one more chance. But if they didn't bow down this time, they would surely be thrown into the furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered. They said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But... Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Whoo-wee! Boy, did this make the king mad. He was so mad, he told his servants to heat the furnace up seven times more than usual. Then he ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be tied up and thrown into the furnace. The fire was so hot that the flames even killed the men who were throwing them into the fire. Then suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and yelled, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, they all replied. Look, King Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men untied walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then King Nebuchadnezzar yelled for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out of the fire. So they stepped out unharmed. They didn't even smell like smoke. King Nebuchadnezzar then said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could worship the one true God, and he gave them even more power over Babylon. I know that might sound like it's just a little story, but can you imagine being in that situation where everyone else in the kingdom is bowing down and the king is going to kill you if you don't? Wow, that's a lot of courage. Especially the part where they said, 
if our God saves us, that's good. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to worship you. That's what it means when we talk about that our only hope in life and death is that we belong to God. They knew that they belonged to God, the one true God. And that even if they died, they would stay true to their one God. They weren't going to bow down to some crazy golden statue. That's really brave. That's what it means to really believe in God, to really follow him. What a great example they've provided for us. And you know, even though nobody's making us bow down to golden statues, if you remember our story from last week with Brother Andrew, there's still times that we might have to do something that has to be very brave in order to help others know about the one true God. Let's go back over and find out what happens with Brother Andrew. I bet that'll be a great adventure as well. And now for the conclusion of the story of Brother Andrew and the Volkswagen Beetle. Andrew's heart was beating fast. He watched as the guards began walking towards the car. What could he do? The Bibles were laying next to him. You see, no matter what, they were going to find them. He knew that. No, you see, his only hope was to pray. And so, Brother Andrew prayed. He prayed for a miracle. He said, God, I know that in the Bible, there's plenty of stories of Jesus making blind men see. Now, Jesus, I need you to make seeing men blind. Lord, help them, help them not see. And that was his prayer. As the guards began walking up to the car, Brother Andrew was so nervous. As the car stopped, they walked to the door. They demanded his papers. As he nervously handed over his passport, he, he began to open the door. But instead, the guard pushed the door shut. He held his knee against the door, keeping it closed. And then, something unbelievable happened. The guard looked at Brother Andrew's passport and then was waving him on. How could it be? It had barely been 30 seconds. He, he thought for sure this had to be a trap. He cranked the engine and began to pull away, knowing that at any second the guards were going were gonna to stop him. But then they just waved him forward. He watched in the mirror and behind him, the car behind him got stopped. And, and as he watched, they pulled the driver out of the next car and began to search it. Brother Andrew couldn't help but look at the Bible in the seat next to him. No, it had been a miracle. That his prayer had worked. God had been good. He, he had managed to smuggle an entire load of Bibles into Romania, a country where people desperately needed to hear the word of God, even though the government said you couldn't bring them in. In fact, Brother Andrew went on to make many more runs through the Romanian border. And that was not his only close call. But he knew 
that it was important for the people to have the Word of God. In fact, he made so many trips, Brother Andrew earned the nickname of God's Smuggler. Now, Brother Andrew started an organization called Open Doors, and you can learn more about his story at their website, opendoorsusa.org, where you can hear more stories about Brother Andrew and people like him that have done incredible things to get God's word to those who need it the most. Wow, what an amazing story. It must have been really hard for him to do the right thing in such dangerous circumstances. You're right. But that's what it means to be a real true sleuth. Learning God's big answers to life's big questions and then applying them to how we live every day. Well, True Sleuths, join us again next week for another exciting episode. Until then, keep searching for God's big answers to life's big questions.